You're listening to episode 49 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 49, Musicpreneur Spotlight, Matt Ostriker. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping music professionals grow their creative talents into full-fledged businesses by getting clear on their goals and next steps. I'm so excited to share this next spotlight with you today. Matt is the definition of multi-talented and multi-passionate. Starting out as a mentor for children in a music program, Matt was inspired to expand his horizons inside the music industry when he realized he needed to walk his talk more when advising the youths who were looking to build careers in music. As he'll share with you in our interview, the need to mentor with integrity pushed him to try new things and leave his comfort zone in an effort to learn more about the industry firsthand. Since the start of that journey over 20 years ago, Matt has been a producer, arranger, performer, writer, band leader, podcast host, educator, and virtuoso on both keyboards and guitars in multiple genres, all while working with a who's who of industry royalty. Currently, he is the arranger, keyboardist, and guitarist for the renowned Apollo Amateur Night Band, and recently ended his run as the music director for the New York revival of Smokey Joe's Cafe. If that wasn't enough, he continues to mentor youths and co-founded the nonprofit Your Time to Shine with Apollo's head of stage, Joe Gray, and is now stepping out in front of the spotlight as he debuts his very own solo album, Dream the World New, melding 1980s pop rock with self-reflective themes. He's an inspiration for anyone who has had multiple passions, wondering if it's possible to pursue them all, and also to all of us who want to simply lead a life with more integrity and authenticity. I hope you enjoy this spotlight as much as I enjoyed recording it. Special shout out to Arielle Hyatt of Cyber PR for putting this together. And be sure to stay tuned for a bonus episode where I do a live consultation with Matt. Here we go. All right. Welcome, everyone. So I'm here with Matt, and I am very excited to jump into this. Matt, I've just told our listeners all the amazing things that you've been able to accomplish so far in your career, but I want to hear a little bit more about your start as in the front lines, like being in the front as the musician, as the performer. You have such an interesting story about integrity and authenticity, where you started out mentoring kids and felt that something wasn't in alignment for you. So would you mind telling us a little bit about what that was like and what that led to for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It's a great question. So I think really there were two, two sides of it that were happening simultaneously. Like I always have loved teaching. So I was like teaching piano lessons when I finished school, basically. That was one of my first jobs and I loved it. And it was truly what I wanted to do. And then the more serious my students became, the more they would ask me about the music industry and about, you know, what you can do with this skill. And the more I started feeling like I need to be able to answer these questions firsthand. And Mm. um, I grew up not knowing anyone in the music industry. I didn't know anything about it. And um, so I was like, I need to go on a journey with this. So I stopped teaching at that time. And I just started kind of taking whatever gigs I got, which were, you know, the local bar gigs and things like that. And, um, and, you know, gradually as I was doing it more and more, I would find out, 
you know, how different groups were doing it, meet all the different groups. And then, you know, the word of mouth thing where you start getting recommended for other, other things. And basically the gigs got better and better. And I say the gigs got better and better because the musicians didn't necessarily get better. There were great musicians playing at the local bars. And, um, and I say that to this day, some of the guys I played with at the local bars are as good as the people I played for, you know, festivals with 50,000 people for right, or played on TV with or whatever. Um, so I just noticed that I was, I was kind of moving along in that. And I wanted to have certain experiences in the industry so I can share them and say, I did that. And here's how you do it. And I always wanted to be able to tell them you can do it. And I knew I could only do that if I did it myself. So, so that list was like touring, playing on TV and, you know, all things that I've done many times since, thankfully. And, and then, you know, so that was part of it, having integrity and being like, I can teach this because I've done it. So, th- so that's, I guess that's, that's one answer, but I've had that come up over and over. And I still have a nonprofit in Connecticut called Your Time to Shine that myself and Joe Gray, who's the head of stage at the Apollo Theater, started together. And um, we still teach kids and we both are always checking ourselves and like, let's make sure we're living our dreams so we can tell them they can. That's amazing. I love that so much because I do think that's so important. And I love how, you know, you didn't abandon teaching either. It sounds like teaching is really at the core for you, you know, one of your core passions, because, you know, you could have just said, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to go live my dream and I'll see you guys later. Like I'll write a book about it, you know, but the fact that you still work and mentor and give back, I think it's really, uh, just speaks to your character and just who you are as a creative, that it's also the teaching and the sharing of the knowledge rather than just the teaching or just the doing, you know, I really, I, I love that dual role. Oh, they're so tied in for me. It's like I, I talk about it with Joe. I partner at the nonprofit um, all the time that we get to do all this awesome stuff. And sometimes we forget how awesome it is because <laughs> it's our day to day. And then we take it back to kids who have never done any of this because they just mm-hmm. haven't been in those situations when they're young. And it helps us appreciate, again, what we do. And it helps us share that. So they're totally intertwined for me. And when you came to this realization that you wanted to have more integrity, walk your talk, um, so to speak, was was that just like an immediate change or did you have to do some further discovery into like what that looked like for you? Like, what was that? How did that come about? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that question. Um, Yeah, it's still it's still a discovery process all the time. Like I knew I wanted to be creative. I knew I wanted to make a living playing music. I knew I wanted to uh, collaborate with a lot of people I was inspired by and that, you know, I continued to try to do those things in different ways. So it's a continued thing. It's like, what am I afraid of? I I ask that all the time. Mm. What haven't I done yet that I know I should be doing or, you know, would like to do, or I see someone else doing, I'm like, Oh, I should be doing that. Like um, there's a little twinge of like jealousy or curiosity any of those things I look at and I say, what's, you know, what's next? How can I keep growing? And, and luckily I've had more choices to do that. In the beginning, anything was growthful and playing with, and now it's like, okay, what's the next thing that's going to push me and that I can really contribute to. So it's an ongoing process always of what is that integrity? But one big piece of it was, you know, working on my own music, giving time to that, 
And, um, you know, that's very much in the forefront for me now, but it's always for me, a a process of that. No, thank you so much for sharing that because I think what a lot of newcomers into this industry also feel like they've got to number one, have it all figured out before they can take action. And number two, that there's going to come a point in time where it start it stops challenging them or, you know, like they've, they figured it out. And I think it's important to know that even somebody as yourself who has accomplished so much already, there's still this discovery process that that never stops the reflection and the asking yourself questions and figuring out what's next. You know, that never stops, but it sounds like you've been able to embrace that and really make it a part of the journey. And I think that that's wonderful. You know, that's something that I'm always a proponent of is embracing the reflection and questioning things and saying, okay, I've set these goals, but are they still the goals that I want? Should I change them? And, um, that it's okay to be wrong. You know, like I, what I like about your story is you're always discovering something and it's okay to not have the answer at the beginning. <laughs> totally. I don't know another way. But yeah. I can say that some people could do this better than I did where in the beginning I really didn't know what I wanted. So I was doing crazy gigs, like um, things that were so different. Like I'd be playing guitar in a country band one night and I'd be playing organ for like a, a hip hop show the next night. And I feel like, people can have some idea in the beginning. A lot of people do like, I want to like, this inspires me where it's like, I was really trying anything I could do for years before I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to find where, where my groove is. Do you think that came from like a scarcity mindset in terms of like, I got to take whatever gig comes my way. Or do you feel like you were just lost in terms of like your vision? Totally scarcity mindset. (laughs) Yeah. Totally like, um, I got to, you know, I know nothing. I'm at the bottom here. I got to be working. And if the phone rings, I got to take it. Yeah. (laughs) I think we've all been there. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm very happy to not be there. (laughs) But even if I could go back and do that over, I would not approach it the same because the scarcity mindset is, um, it it makes it difficult to see clearly. Right. Yeah. I totally did that for, for years. And, um, it was a process to shift that thinking where basically for a year I said no to like 90% of the offers that came my way. Yeah. It's amazing how freeing no can be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I love how your podcast like merges some kind of like personal growth themes and also like taking care of yourself themes with this because they're so tied in. And that year of saying no was like very powerful for that and for the personal growth of like, um, of, you know, how challenging that can be sometimes. And that was a personal process as well as a career process. Absolutely. And yes, thank you for that. I I do feel that it's an important part to always be aware of the fact that we never stop growing and that it's part of the learning. And I think as somebody as yourself who puts such a high value on teaching, and on learning, I think it makes that journey all that much easier because you can see the lessons in it and you can see, okay, I can use this, you know, it didn't go how, how I planned, but I can, I can build off of that. A hundred percent is all about seeing those lessons. I love, I love that part of it. Yeah. And what I also loved about your story is you're also somebody who, um, really values, yoga and meditation and mindfulness. And, um, I know you've got your own podcast as well that I'll link to in the show notes. And I love you. I'd love for you to tell us more about that. Um, but at first I want to touch upon how 
you brought your love for mindfulness and yoga and meditation and you merged it with your music to create your debut album dream the world new and by the way congratulations on that and what do you mean when you say you've merged merged the two like what what does that mean to you yeah it's it's kind of interesting because i had sort of two separate lives for a while like um one where i you know what my first job really out of college was working at a yoga center and a couple like monastic kind of places where I would, uh, cut vegetables or, um, you know, clean dishes, wash dishes in exchange uh, for living there and studying yoga, you know, getting a yoga certification among other certifications. And, um, I did that for years. I've always been an obsessive practicer. So Mm. it's either been music or yoga or meditation or martial arts or those kind of things. Um, I love that process. I love the the concept of mastery and um, the whole kind of, you know, the old school ways that people would learn Zen or Kung Fu of the practice, 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 and kind of the chipping away at the marble to find what's underneath kind of thing. So, um, so I did that and I ended up, you know, living in that world for a while and working for uh, Ram Dass, the author and, spiritual teacher for a while in Maui and going to India and a whole, whole adventure. And then I moved to New York and I'm, you know, where I was in the Apollo theater house band now still in that band for eight years and, you know, played with a lot of R and B artists like, you know, Stevie wonder and, and Alicia Keys, Dionne Warwick, all these people. And those were like separate chapters of my life. And, um, through doing my own music, I could start to apply, more of that like methodology and ideals and even lyrical themes into my music and kind of, you know, put that kind of energy into the world for lack of a better way to say it. Um, that to me is the experience of really practicing those arts, meditation, yoga, all that stuff, um, through the music. So, and also I'm like kind of gear, I enjoy playing at yoga centers and those kind of, things where it's like, so it's just bringing that energy into my music. Whereas my music was always whatever the situation demanded. Mm. You know, I just, we're, I've been working the last eight months on a a show, Smokey Joe's cafe on the 42nd street. We wrap up this Sunday after eight months and you know, that's all fifties music, the music of Lieber and Stoller, the guys who wrote stand by me and Mm -hmm. dog and on Broadway and all the stuff. And, you know, that's a totally different vibe and it's beautiful music and the energy of the show is amazing. But um, each music has its own world that it lives in. So now I'm kind of bringing those worlds together in my own music using more, you know, yogic themes and that kind of thing. It's a long winded answer. I hope that answers. No, no, I think it's wonderful. And I, I know that you you've mentioned that this album takes you back to your 1980s pop rock um, that, that you love. Like, how did you come at it? Was there like, Oh, who's my audience? And you know, let me build my following. Like, or was it, I just need to get this out and I'm going to express it. How did you approach this particular project? Yeah. That's an awesome question too, because I I was writing a, I have a blog post up about that, how it's like, you can approach it from a marketing point of view, like who's my audience, or you can approach it from a quote, artist point of view where it's like, I want to express myself. And this is more the second because, um, basically I knew I had to start somewhere with, with releasing music. I had written, 
you know, a hundred songs and I never released them because I never particularly loved them. But that's when I realized that, you know, the same things we've already spoken about here of, you know, it's a process. The first thing you create is not going to be perfect. And the last thing you create isn't probably going to be perfect either. Right. Um, So I just, you know, to me, when I was sitting in the studio and I was trying to give myself some time to create, and what kept coming back to me is the music I listened to when I was like 13 years old, the 80s pop, the James Taylor, Van Halen. And um, the, the music I listened to before I knew a single thing about music. And all I knew is it made me feel great. Mm. And I just came back to that and kind of came from a place of innocence. And I'm, I was just like, okay, I know how to write songs. In fact, for every amateur that's come through Amateur Night at the Apollo for the last eight years, I transcribed their song for them. So basically they'd send me a link and I would write it out. So I've dissected thousands of songs that way. Yeah. And, you know, written thousands of charts for the Apollo theater and, um, which then I present to the band and we play it, you know, one shot basically. Um, so I knew I I wanted to work in song format, like three to five minute songs instead of like long form compositions or whatever. So I took that 80s stuff that I love from like Aha and Mr. Mister and Toto. And I just started writing songs, you know, from that kind of place. And um, so it was totally just, I know I need to release something. Luckily, I'm not dependent on it to make money Mm -hmm. um, because I have plenty of other work and music that that pays the bills so I can let this be an artistic stream. And then now, of course, I turn around with Ariel and I'm like, okay, so how do I approach marketing and all that stuff. And that's partially because I'd love to market this stuff and grow that part of my career. And the other side, because I want to, whenever kids ask me what they, about the music business, they don't want to be the side guy. They don't want to be the composer, the arranger, the stuff that I've done. They want to be the front person. Mm. Um, you know, naturally they see the person in front and it's like, so I want to know what that's like. And I want to be able to show how to do that too. And I want to do it for myself too, because that's never been me, and um, and it's part of growth. So so I'll, so yeah, I think that's wonderful. And you know, you touched upon too that you were able to be this artistic and create something for yourself, something that you wanted to hear and you wanted to play, and without that pressure of well, who's my audience? Because you have been able to put in the work to build so many other streams of income for yourself. And, you know, just looking at this page of what others have hired you to do in the past. And I mean, it's really quite impressive. And it just goes on and on with all the things that you've been able to do from music directing to consulting and charting, as you said, and obviously teaching and arranging. It's like, was it more organic or was it more purposeful in that kind of growth? It took me a long time to be purposeful. I feel like I've been purposeful <laughs> more recently. Back then, it was kind of part of the scarcity mentality of like, I'm going to build a lot of skills so I'm useful. Got it. Um, so basically, I you know I just studied. I pl- I practiced a lot of different instruments so I could do anything in the studio that I needed from you know drums, bass, guitar, keys, and you know mixing and all the producing side, and then writing, arranging, you know, I've gotten to write for 51 piece orchestras and, and smaller for TV shows and for recordings and albums and live performances. So it was basically like, give me a job. I'll do it. I'll learn how to do it. So it was just building a lot of skills. And then, um, 
take, you know, jumping in fully. Like mm-hmm. the first time I, I did arranging for an orchestra was someone called me at 11 at night and said, I have a TV show that's airing tomorrow and, and uh, tomorrow night and the arrangements are due 7 a.m. They just added two more. Can you do them? And I've never written for orchestra. I've written for, you know, I've written for multiple instruments, but never that big. And I said, yes. And I stayed up from 11 p.m. till 7 a.m. and wrote it. And I had to look up the ranges of a few instruments and all that. And, you know, I've been writing arrangements since then. So if someone gave me a challenge, I, I took it. Again, this scarcity thing, but also like enthusiasm over creating opportunity. So it was, it, it was very much just in the moment, trying to build skills, build skills. I'm always trying to build, build skills. Right now I'm working on vocals and uh, conducting skills because I'm doing more of that. I, you know, I tip my hat to you because, you know, somebody might see this and say, oh my goodness, well, I have to go do all the things. But <laughs> as you just said, you know, you're, you're creating a space for each thing at a different time. So now yeah. it's vocals and, and composition, but it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> or conducting, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not like, it's not an overnight thing. And to have, you know, a resume such as yours, it takes, you know, like you said, a leap of faith and just jumping in, but it also takes time. (laughs) And I think for all those, you know, listening who might be new to the whole music industry or maybe just getting started in their career, listening to somebody like Matt and hearing what a vast catalog of experience he has it didn't happen in a week. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, pace yourself. And as Matt said, you know, master a certain skill set before you just shift gears and move on to something else. And, and you haven't really put in the time or the practice. And I think a lot of that also has to do with how you practice mindfulness. And so I know you've got your podcast, the mindful musician, and a link to that will be in the show notes. I, I urge all listeners to go check that out. Tell us how the mindful musician came to be and what spurred that on taking on one more thing on your plate. (laughs) The podcast is the first thing to fall on the back burner when I get busy. But the reason why I did it is that almost the same reason why I'm recording the album now or putting out the album now is I was so used to being behind the scenes as a writer or as a producer or as a sideman. And I wanted to just get better at talking. That was the honest (laughs) reason. I wanted to get better at talking and I wanted to, learn more about other people's experience in the industry. Um, so I started it for that reason. And then I got to talk to really amazing, fascinated, fascinating people. And it took on a life of its own, you know, and the curiosity drove it. And I got to talk to, um, you know, Bert Padel, who just passed this year, mm-hmm. um, late eighties, who's, uh, you know, the music business manager for, um, P Diddy and Britney Spears and mm-hmm. you know, so many, and I, got, I talked to music lawyers and a lot of musicians, of course. And, um, you know, there, so I just got to learn so much about different sides of the business and to hear kind of like inside stories from people who've had a lot of experience who haven't had a chance to really share what, what it's really like to do what they do in the music business. I think it's wonderful. You know, I myself definitely come from a place of curiosity where a lot of my jobs and places on my journey have all come out of the fact that I was like, Hmm, I want to, I want to know more about that. Or I want to be able to, you know, speak confidently about this subject, or I want to improve this particular skill set, and then out comes a job out of it, or, you know, a different project. And I think that that's, that's really great. I mean, it's, as you said earlier, it's how you grow and 
it, it makes you, you know, better at your craft, even if it might not seem like it directly affects your craft. I mean, you know, practicing yoga and meditation might not immediately jump out to somebody as, oh, this makes you a better musician, but it obviously does. And it goes so hand in hand, but it might not jump out to somebody right away. Like, oh, I want to be a better musician. I'm going to practice yoga. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not everybody. I don't believe that everybody needs to have such a wide skill set. I kind of wanted to take a survey of the music industry. And in fact, like I've run venues for periods of time. I booked venues. I did a bunch of film scoring for a couple of years. And um, not everybody needs to jump around that much. Some people get really good at one or two things and can make a whole career out of that. So I just don't want to give anyone the misconception that you need to do a million things to um, be in this business. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, I think it all comes down to working towards your strengths. And obviously one of your strengths is this passionate curiosity. So you've made that work for you in terms of this multi-passionate creative where you've been able to feed all of these passions that you want to fulfill and you've made it work for you. There's a method to the chaos, so to speak, where Mm -hmm. you've got all these different projects and all of these different hats that you wear, but you've made it work for you. And as you said, other people might find like, no, I'm, I'm the best chart writer and best arranger. And that's what I want to spend my time doing. And there's, you can have multiple income streams within one skill set. So anyone out there that's panicking, if you're not multi-passionate, that is totally okay as well. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we've come to the point in the interview. I have four questions that I ask every guest. I'd like to know if you could choose one superpower, what would it be? I don't know. Superpowers can be dangerous. Because <laughs> um, all the traditional ones, like flying and being invisible, I don't know that I need those. Um, so yeah, if I can somehow help people to be more peaceful and to get along better, I'll take that superpower. I love it. I love it. If uh, if time travel was possible, what's one lesson you'd go back and teach yourself? I, I would say you know value yourself, trust yourself. I was really inspired by being alongside people who did that when I, you know, I got to travel with a band on Interscope, uh, Chester French, who are um, first band on Facebook. And, you know, they had tons of buzz bidding war with Pharrell and Timbaland and uh, Kanye all wanted to sign this band. And those guys, they held strong in the face of everybody wanting a piece of them. They never, you know, they never gave themselves a bad deal. They were very, um, very smart and self-directed. So I'd say mm-hmm. valuing yourself, trusting yourself, um, believing that you deserve good things. Nice. I love it. And one of the the pieces of this podcast that you might have seen in, in other episodes is that we're all about taking action. Yeah. And every week I usually give a downloadable action sheet, but with these interviews, um, my action to all of our listeners is to please go to the show notes and check out all the wonderful links to learn more about Matt and all of his talents and, and the things that he offers. So please go and check that out as well as links to his podcast and his new album. So that is my actionable for them, but what is your actionable? What is an action you would like our audience to take this week? Well, this might be an alternative action. You could tell me if it's a cop out. um, I was talking to the composer today and um, we were just talking about this, just like trust that you will have a great journey at this. And um, it may not be what you expect, 
There's no way to, to pre-plan, but just just trust that if you're going into this and you do everything that, you know, you, you work hard, make it your own, you know, you'll have a great journey and great experiences beyond what you could even imagine. So I would just say trust instead of giving, because everyone's got so much to do now. You know what we have to do now as artists. We have to create our art and be our own marketing, be our own manager, be our own booking agent. And there's a lot of information on how to do that right now. So I would just say relax for a minute, don't stress, and trust that you will have a great journey um, and everything ahead of you. There's a lot of great things that lie ahead of you. The exact opposite of a cop-out. That was yeah, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could all use more of that in our lives, and I thank you for that. Yeah. I want to thank you for you know spending time with us and sharing, uh, letting us into your world a bit, because you definitely have a very unique journey. And it's definitely an outlook that I think more of us can have as we approach our lives with integrity and authenticity. So I thank you so much for that. And I invite our listeners to stay tuned for our bonus episode, and we're going to do a live consultation. Cool. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. I really think you do great work from all the episodes I've been listening to and and your website. So I I appreciate you talking to me. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Are you inspired yet? As we both said, the lesson to take from this is not to go out and compete with Matt to master a variety of skills. It's to create a path that feels most in alignment with your strengths and your passions. If your passions are not yet your strengths, be sure to dedicate an adequate amount of time into mastering the necessary skill sets so you can be great at your passions. Living life doing what you believe you were meant to do is the epitome of integrity and authenticity. Be sure to visit the show notes, therockstravagate.com forward slash EP49 for links to all of Matt's work, his podcast, his nonprofit, and best of all, his new album, Dream the World New. Plus, as a bonus, you'll find the live consultation we did after the interview where I guided Matt on some tips for booking shows as a new solo artist. Again, all of that is found at therockstravagate.com forward slash EP49. As always, I thank you for listening, and I want to thank Matt again for giving us his time and sharing his amazing story with us. If you're looking to figure out your next steps, find time to balance everything on your plate, or work on figuring out which passion you want to start following first, let's talk. Email me at any time, suz at therockstravagate.com. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.